Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, everybody? Back at it here on the Six Rings King Show, joined by Danny Gillette and Vish. As always, um, Blue has taken a sabbatical. No, I'm just kidding. He just um, uh, he was actually doing a big national show, and it got it got pushed back a couple hours. So he's gonna try to make it on later. But um, uh, listen, you know when you got the goat on 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 your show, you you, you gotta kind of just play to to his schedule, really, right? It's not our schedule; it's the goat schedule. So. Um, Maybe he will be uh, on with us later. Maybe he won't. Maybe we'll have some other guests. Maybe we won't. Surprise guests for you? We'll see what we can uh, what we can shake up here on the six ring. You know, people are saying we, we might have some surprise guests. Yeah, people are saying that's uh, it'll be fun though. Um, anyways, uh, DJ Vish, ten days away, baby. Ten days away for Kings football, but really it's about three days away from college football popping off, right? As uh, I guess, uh, look, your team, your boys, your boys get uh, set to battle um, over in Ireland, right? Uh, yep, 12.30 p.m. Yeah, I'm sure you're pretty excited about that as any, anybody who watches the show knows that uh, DJ does cover a little bit of Big Ten football. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nebraska, so um, and buys their merch apparently. So and buys their merch, yeah, he does, yeah, he does. We'll never I let do. you that one down. I do, um, but uh, yeah, real quick. I mean, Danny, uh, I'll start off with you, man, because obviously, you know, the Big Ten obviously gets it going this week, uh, week zero. Uh, are you excited about college football? Talk to me a little bit about what. Well, what, what, I, I guess you can give us a little, a little Northwestern uh, Nebraska uh, preview there about it. What, talk to us, man. Well, I definitely am excited. I mean, it 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 feels like last season ended just yesterday, and already we're back at it. I mean, Nebraska and Northwestern, you know, a Big Ten foes, Big Ten rivalry of sorts. It's it it should be a very good game, with the exception of last year, Northwestern has played uh, Nebraska fairly closely. So I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm just excited because it means. College football is finally back. I love having my Saturdays filled with college football, and I just love to see all the newcomers and star players. Who's going to break out this year? Who's going to be the you know breakout star? Who's going to make all the exciting plays? It's back. We're finally back. It, it, to me, look, uh, you know, I know a lot of people love the NFL and they love NBA basketball and this and For me, it's college football, man. It's the most exciting time of the year, Vish. I know you're you're more of a college football guy, also, so you love this time of year. But, um, I, you know, as much as we love our Hurricanes, like I, I will sit there and I'll watch a game that's completely irrelevant um, to anything. I don't root for any of the teams, but like it'll be like Bowling Green against Miami of Ohio, and I'll watch that game just because I want to see some of the guys that are on that team that 
you know, could potentially be superstars at the next level. It's just fun to me, man. The atmosphere, the way they play, the excitement, the energy that college football brings. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of a kind. It really is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I'm mentally ready yet. It's like <laughs> that close. I'm like, man, all of a sudden, it's not all of a sudden. It's been a long time. Um, it's going to sneak up on us, man. Yeah. It sneaks up, you, up on you from like seven or eight months <laughs> away. But it's just like, it's such an intense, basically three months we're about to enter. Oh man, it's the best time of year. It's it, the best it really time of is. And like you said, there's always, there's always like, I mean, we, I hate to bring this up, but you know, as crappy as Florida State was last year, they got one over on us. You know, that's that's the beauty of college football. You don't get that in like the NBA. Ooh, we, we won an upset and we won 13 games. No one cares, right? You get these rivalries that like actually matter to the fans to, yeah. on a deeper level, and that's what makes it exciting. So you're right. You can watch a game that. Like, I know Pitt and West Virginia, I think, is their opener. Like, that's a big rivalry they haven't been playing. I don't actually really care who wins that game, but it's going to be exciting to watch it anyway. But you know what? Being a Hurricanes fan, you're like, all right, let's see what Keaton Slovis does. Let's see what what those guys at Pitt do, because we're going to play them, obviously, at the end of the year. Um, And they are a top 25 program. So, you know, let's see. Are they good enough? And then so what we can do is, as typical Hurricanes fans, is we're going to, you know, not, not me, not you, probably not DJ, but a lot of people are going to go to the boards and be like, Pitt sucks, bro. Look I mean, I'm this close to just being yeah. like, we're winning every game by 30. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So I'm in that. That's the that's the phase of like getting oh, ready for the man. season I'm in right now. So oh, now's not a good time for that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a point that if anybody asks me, hey, Jazz, what do you think the Kings are going to do? I go, national championship. That's it. Get away yeah, from this me. Is, you know, like, we're losing again. What are we talking about? Like, this is it, man. I hope you enjoyed the end of last season. Oh, man. Well, look, speaking of, uh, speaking of excitement, uh, before we before we talk about our sponsor, we got to talk about this, right? We got to talk about Vish is excited. I don't know if any other Canes fans are excited, but um, and we posted it really quick. We won't spend too much time on it. We just want to get Vish's ridiculous take on this. But Gino Damari, head baseball coach for uh, the Miami Hurricanes, was extended uh, today. So that's big news, big breaking news uh, today up until 2026. A three-year extension uh, for the um, head honcho over at um, – over at uh, Mark Light Fields, how do you feel about that dish? So, so let me let me let me tell you guys a little story about how my oh, day went. God, <laughs> so so this thing comes out, and of course it's our fans. So we we tend to skew a little negative, um, just just a, a tad bit. So they extended Gino for three years to twenty twenty six, and immediately. Like the the sleeping Canes baseball fans that like turned their brain off after we blew the regional, wake back up and just shouting, "This is horrible, stupid!" Adding, you know, adding Radakovich and being like, "You screwed up. This is your first mistake." And I'm, I saw that, yeah. And I'm sitting here like it was the right decision, so I defended it. And then now they started on my app. So my afternoon has been my mentions just being like. What are you talking about? We suck. And so, and, why do you and, think it's the right decision? Though? So, so yeah, let me walk through that a little bit. So, the reason that so, as I mentioned, it's a three-year extension to get him to 2026. So that gives him a four-year contract. It's not like they outgoldened him, where we're losing to BC at home and getting blown out to go five and seven. He's already got a five-year contract, and they added four more to it, which is something that really happened in the middle of the game. They announced it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real thing this is kind of almost the opposite he's entering the last year of his contract you can't have him coach like as a lame duck that's not good for anyone it's going to kill recruiting so you either fire him or you extend him 
And I'm sorry, as bad and, and Jazz and I, you know how much energy we put into that baseball team and then to watch it flop like that at the end of the year was certainly disappointing. You got to look at the overall four years. And while it's not been great, it's certainly better than the two years before he came in. And it is headed in the right direction, which is why this year was so disappointing. Like that team should have gone to Omaha. But you would not have said that about the team when he came in. So overall, I have concerns about how much roster turnover we seem to have every year. I have concerns about how we perform in the postseason. They're legitimate concerns, but are those fireable at this point? No. So like, if if the argument is you should just let him coach out the last year of his contract, I think that's a terrible idea. So if you haven't decided to fire him, to me, you make that move and you, and you extend him. And it was a reasonable extension. It was three years to get him to four total. That is not not something ridiculous. Like, they gave him, like, a 10-year or something. I'd be like, what are you doing? Or, like I said, if he already had a lot of years left and they just added more, that would be a problem. But he, they literally, I think, I think one of the things that this might say, and I know this is a risky thing to say given that, you know, we all know the Damari family connections and like that new scoreboard came from somewhere. Right. I mean, like, so maybe there's no way he would get fired, but the fact that they let him coach with only two years left, I think he did have to prove something last year. And overall, despite how it ended, I mean, they exceeded expectations right up until they flopped that regional. No one, we didn't think they were going to be a national seed. Yeah. That was, that was still a bit of a surprise, even though, Obviously, yeah, it ended poorly. So the question is, do you yeah. fire him for two one-run losses? Right. No. Okay, then what are we doing? What are we actually arguing about? That he's ultimately going to not win a championship here, take us to Omaha? That might be the case. Well, but... I think the argument is that you've seen you've seen this uh, story before plenty of times. You've seen the way it's been written plenty of times. You've seen them have you know. Not only not only recently, but you know, there's been other times where we were ranked. On, I guess we were, at some point weren't we ranked the number one team in the country with Yonder when Yonder was here, and and some of those cats were here. And that team had the same issues, right? They kind of faltered down the stretch. I mean, that team went to Omaha, so and and that was the that it was if that team didn't make it to Omaha, then well, that that was the best. Issues. They were the best. I mean, that was one of these situations. We didn't have a lot of pitching depth. That was right. in 2008, and. The first but did, game we, against- did we have a lot of pitching depth this time? I mean, I know we no, hit, no, we and that, but either, it wasn't but... the pitching that ended up causing it. But no, True. we didn't. So, but 2008, we didn't have a lot of pitching depth. We were the number one team in the country going into. We were the overall number one seed. Right. Crew went through the regional supers, got to Omaha first game. Um, we were winning in the ninth inning, and then actually, this this might be a little familiar, but but um um. We're closing the closing the game out in the ninth inning, and um, uh, Carlos Gutierrez made an error. First error he ever made as a pitcher. They they grounded it back to me, airmailed it to first with two outs, so the game was over. Georgia won, so then we had to play out the losers. Right, we won a game. We knocked FSU out, so at least there was that. But yeah, but yeah that one that that team should have won the championship. That team was loaded. It wasn't just Yonder. It was, that team had a bunch. Yasmani was like batting. Yeah, it's like the first one I remember was Yonder. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, like that team was good. So, serious so the team. one that really stands out for me in terms of Geno's tenure is that 2000 team because that had the pitching. That had three three pitchers that would have been the ace on this year's team. I oh, feel like 20, this team. The 2020 over- team. 2020. Yeah, 2020. What did I say? Yeah. 20, 2000 team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 2000 team was really good, by the way. But, um, that was the year in between the two championships. In between the two championships, it was still really good. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so to me, overall, is the program are there are there worrying signs? Yes, but is it 
overall better off than when he came in. Yeah. So if you're not going to fire him, it, I'd rather him have more years as long as, and I, I think, you know, the way we're seeing the athletic department trending, if they're willing to eat, the, like, let's say we don't, don't make a regional this year where we stink, they got to be willing to eat those three years and be like, all right, we got to make a move. Right. Which they've been spending money. So yeah, I'm not really worried about that. To me, the concern with that would, would be more the the political aspect than anything else. But that the contract extension has nothing to do with that. Well, here's what I think. Bottom line is, uh, you know, the the guy, the guy, the the team can re- recruit, right? That staff can definitely recruit as they typically have some in the top five recruiting class in the country, regardless of whether half the guys get signed to pro contracts or not. They did it again this year. Uh, they had the number one uh, recruiting class going into 2023. Yeah, 2023. Um, so I think that um, they're going to be fine when it comes to talent. Uh, like you, I, there is some turnover with some of the guys leaving, some guys uh, entering the transfer portal. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, that coaching staff is going to have to uh, figure out a way to produce in, in clutch times, in the clutch scenarios. And that's that's the only uh, problem that we're having. Um but listen, before we, we we've got a surprise we've got a surprise guest we've got a great guest on the show someone who I know pretty well and uh, someone who I know that uh, Kane's fans are constantly monitoring um, every single day to see find out what's going on on the show and uh, this can, came out as a surprise so we truly appreciate it uh, we're gonna bring him on forget about the you know as a matter of fact we were talking baseball this is a perfect time to bring in uh, uh, this this guy. Um, Friend of the program, Mr. Johnny Ruiz, is actually on the show with us. What's going on, Johnny? How are you, man? I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we're good. good. We can hear you right, good, awesome. man. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. A long good. time. Absolutely. Definitely, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's funny because we were just talking about Gino's extension uh, for another yeah. three years with the program. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of fans that are, uh, uh, you know, talking down the extension vish uh he's as he just mentioned uh he's he's a fan of the extension i uh look i think it's warranted based off of uh how he how he performed um as a coach you know number six uh, national seed uh yeah they did falter down the stretch uh for many reasons but um look listen i mean if there's anybody that deserved it it was definitely gino just based off of what he's done with that team um, and I know there's a, there's going to be question marks like always. You played uh, you played under Gino for for a little while. Talk to us a, a little bit, real quick, before we get into you know what everybody obviously wants to talk about. But um, you know your experience being coached by Gino Damari. Yeah, so so Gino was the hitting coach uh, when I was there at Miami. Um, you know he's obviously very passionate about the school, uh, passionate about the program, and making sure it's it's the best in the country. Um, and again, look, he, he he's He's done a good job in the regular season, I think, of, of making the most out of what his roster has been. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's also learning to become a head coach. That's something that that I think is maybe a little bit different than when you're an assistant, right? Like he has control of the entire program. He can kind of do what he wants now, uh, where before, you know, Jim Morris and, and other coaches had kind of been able to implement what they wanted. So. Uh, you know, I, I think the best is, is still ahead of Gino. I, I think he really cares about the program, which is the biggest thing. And he wants to see it succeed more than anyone. So when you're when, when you have somebody that cares that much about it and that wants to see it succeed, uh, you know, I, I think they're in, in a good spot. Um, I think the roster does need a little bit of an upgrade uh, in certain key positions. But for the most part, I think they've recruited well. 
it's just a matter of kids performing to the level that they're supposed to, right? So, uh, you know, they, they're a top 10 seed last year. It just didn't work out in the playoffs. I mean, look at Tennessee with the loaded roster they had. They, they didn't make it very far either. So, you know, it's tough, man. I, I went to Omaha twice. I was fortunate enough to, to have very good teammates and very good coaching staff. So Gino knows what it takes to get there. He's been there. Uh, it's just a matter of, of them putting together the right roster and getting the right chemistry and making it happen. So I, I, I really don't think that they're that, that far away. They just need to step up in the playoffs. And, and that's the biggest thing that, I, you know, when I was there that I noticed is when the playoffs start, when it's ACC tournament, when you're, you know, when you're at home hosting a regional, you know, the game changes a little bit. Guys are pitching you a little bit differently and you got to be able to respond and you got to be able to react. And that's why I'm a big believer in, in the high school baseball sort of here in South Florida. When you have guys that played baseball here in South Florida that then play in Miami, there's just a different level of competition here that when you're competing against Florida Christian and Westminster Christian and Gulliver when they were up at their prime and you even have Braddock and a lot of these other schools that, that produce talent year in and year out, it's just a different atmosphere that you're competing with and it, and it really prepares you for, for that college, at least the, the playoff experience. I think it, it, there's a huge correlation and that's something that a lot of you know the kids maybe from other places don't get to experience as much. Good point. So you actually kind of echoed some of my argument there that this feels like it's going in the right direction. Just stick with it. It feels like this is definitely things seem to be getting better every year. Um, but I do have a question as someone who's kind of, like you said, been through the NCAA tournament, made it to Omaha. How do you adjust? Because when you were with the program, it was almost an expert. It was kind of annually you get successful in the postseason. It's been a while now since the program has been successful in the in the postseason. How do you grow back how, how do they grow back into that because i think that's the biggest concern with our fans i don't think anyone yeah. cannot being a national seed right it was really like you got to finish the deal then absolutely and and that's always the goal is you know you, you obviously have to have certain goals throughout the year which which i i said it i even tweeted it before the season started last year is look they need to host a home regional right and that's step number one when i was there in miami we did that every year uh and that's the biggest thing you know playing at home it's a huge advantage number one number two uh, you know, you kind of have your home field and, and you feel more comfortable and then you also get easier opponents. So you're not traveling to a Mississippi State. You're not traveling to one of these SEC schools that, you know, you're really not going to make it out of there. Uh, it's very difficult, at least, to make it out of there. You might, but, you know, your odds are not are not high. So w when I went there uh, in my four years, we, um, you know, we hadn't really had success prior to me getting there. It was really my freshman class that kind of brought the program you know, back to Omaha in a way and bringing us back to the postseason success. Uh, you know, the guys like Zach Collins and Willie Abreu, Brian Garcia, uh, you know, like Romy Gonzalez, Brandon Lopez, you know, the list goes on uh, with guys that were, you know, really good and that, you know, are still playing baseball now. Uh, so, so I think it takes that level of, of player, number one. Number two, when you go through every position, everyone was from South Florida or at least for the most part, uh, you know, Chris Barr is a South Florida guy. Zach Collins, South Florida guy. I was a South Florida guy. Brandon Lopez was a South Florida guy. Edgar Michelangeli was a South Florida guy. Romy Gonzalez, another South Florida guy. You go across the entire field, everyone was from South Florida. So we had, a, a you know, a little bit of a bond, I guess, in a way, because we grew up our whole childhood, right? So I played with Willie Abreu on the Snappers when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. So... You know, I grew up with these guys, and, and, and it's just a bond that, 
that I think separated us. Uh, and I, I guess that's something that I maybe see lacking right now. And it's not, you know, something that that's Gino's fault. I, I just think it's, you know, it's something that we need to focus on is is getting those types of recruits. But again, it's not easy to win in the postseason. It's just not. I mean, we we struggled some games, uh, and and you know we made it out alive. But you know it was a struggle. It wasn't easy. So, you know, you got to fight and you got to figure out a way to win. And that's the biggest thing that they just need to do. It, it's that simple. It's it's an execution game. It's just you need to execute in the postseason. I think it's also interesting that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when you play ACC ball and you play some of these teams that, <clears throat> excuse me, you play year in and year out, like the Rutgers of the world, and, and some of those guys stick around, right? And so you get to see them a few years in a row. You get to kind of, you know, see, you know, their their pitching staff is some of the guys that are still there. You, you kind of know some of their tendencies, you know, from year in and year out. If you're playing a three-game series against, you know, Pitt or, you know, Boston College or whoever it is, you, you see some of these arms especially out of the bullpen a few times, then you start to, you know, it, it all changes, right, when you go to the playoffs because in the playoffs it's not a three-game series. It's it's winning, win or go home, or if it's double elimination, you're typically not playing the same team. So um, I think that you hit the nail on the head, but I think it's also, you know, the fact that you're facing someone new. You're facing, you know, guys that you haven't seen before, whether it's hitters for your pitching staff, whether it's, uh, you know, pitchers for, for, for the lineup. I mean, it, it changes everything on you know when it comes to, to playing and, and the playoffs are different like you said man it's uh it's a dip, it's different atmosphere different attitude different mentality and uh sometimes if you're not locked in it, it, I, I always say this right i always say this winning a state title i won a state title in, in, in high school um and we weren't necessarily the best team in in the state but we got hot at the right time and that was it right like it's all she wrote if you if you get hot um Ole Miss is a perfect example. Ole Miss got hot in the playoffs, and, and they ran through it after, you know, after being one of the last teams to get in. Too soon, Jazz. Yeah, no, and it is what it is, you know, but but it is what it is. And so you got you got to, you know, hats off to them. They were at, at one point the number one team in the country. So I yep. think that there's talent there. It's just a matter of getting hot and, and playing good baseball down the road, down the yeah. stretch. So. But, that, but that goes to show you just how competitive college baseball is, right, and how slim the margin is between – and Ole Miss, who won it and was the last seed, and a Tennessee, who I don't even think they made it out of their own regional, and and was the number one team in the country the entire year for the most part. So you know the the the, the margins in college baseball have become so thin in terms of the difference in talent that you have to execute. So even a Rutgers can beat you on any given weekend. They have the talent to do it. So uh, you know obviously Miami has better talent and they should win. You know nine out of ten times. But it happens, and, and when you get to the postseason, you don't have that one game to mess up. You got to be, you know, almost perfect if you really want to get to where you want to get to. And, you know, that's kind of what has plagued Miami, I think, is that, you know, they haven't really executed the way that they would have liked to. And that's the biggest thing. It, again, it, it's execution. And I think the bigger thing in, in college baseball that I notice is that every conference has a different style of play in a way. So in the SEC, you have kind of the power arms, the guys throwing a lot harder. The ACC is sort of a mix between the pack and, and you know, the SEC. They do have big arms and guys that throw hard, but they also have a lot of guys that like to throw breaking balls, and it's mostly like sliders and stuff like that. But then when you go to the West Coast and it's a pack team, uh, they throw a lot of change-ups, a ton of change-ups. And, you know, they play a lot more small ball. They're defensively, like, super sound. Uh, so – Different styles of play sometimes don't match the, the I guess, the roster you have. 
and you have to adjust to that like i i remember this vividly is is we we're playing long beach state in a regional so my first at bat i get three straight change-ups in a row like i had a good change-up and i remember i, I hit a ball kind of off the end of the bat to left field my next at bat the same thing i got like four change-ups in a row so my next at bat i'm like damn i need to sit on a change-up here and I got a changeup, and I ended up hitting a double in the gap, and that's how we, we we ended up scoring the tying run with that. So you know, it's little things like that that the coaching staff shouldn't have to tell you. It's stuff that you got to pick up based on experience, based on you know being logical, using your brain during the game, and seeing what you know this guy's trying to do to you at the plate. So that's something that they really need to, uh, as players, you got to take upon yourself, and you got to be smart. You got to study the game, and you got to know sort of tendencies and, and these little things and have a high baseball IQ. So, you know, there's certain guys that obviously have that on the roster now, uh, but I think they need a little bit more of that. I think Yo-Yo is a great example of that, that, you know, he sits on pitches, he drives balls the other way. He knows kind of when to get after and when to kind of hold back. Uh, so from an offensive standpoint, I think that, you know, he's, he's done a good job, but uh, they need more of that, in my opinion, guys that can deliver in the postseason. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, me and Vish could probably do this all day with you, man. We could sit here and we could talk <laughs> ball all day. Uh, we could talk about the snapper days. I don't know. Vish doesn't know about that, but we can talk about the snapper days. But um, uh, kind of move, shifting gears a little bit, I know that there's a lot of people that obviously got a kick out of what they saw yesterday, right? They got excited for it. I think everybody got excited for it. I think we got, I got excited for it. Um, you know, and what I'm talking about is the, the new renderings for the new stadium for the Miami Hurricanes football program. Um, I think uh, I think the, the the first question that I have, and I know that Vish and Danny have questions for you on it. Um, I mean, is this for real, man? Are we are we talking about a, the possibility of having a stadium uh, close to home, right, closest close to the school? But not only that, but you know, something so badass as what we saw yesterday, man. Talk to a little bit about how that all came together and. And um, and you know how 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 close we are to to really you know seeing something like that for the Canes. Yeah. So in terms of time frame, uh, I think the process is very similar to what is going on at Mel Reese right now. Um, I mean, we're gonna have to go through the same process. That's just how it works. So whatever their time frame is, I think is a realistic time frame for us. Um, and, and that's just the way that, you know, our, our kind of government works here in, in Miami. So same process. I think it'll it'll be, you know, a, a very similar time frame. Uh, and, you know, we're obviously excited to, to have this project to uh, we've kind of taken it upon ourselves because we feel like, you know, the Canes are the staple of Miami. I mean, you can have the Dolphins, you can have the Heat, you can have the Marlins. But this town really revolves around Canes football. When when they're rolling and they're hot, I mean, it's it's you know bigger than any other sporting event, pretty much in in Miami for sure, and, and if not the state of Florida, right? So you know Miami's cooking. Uh, you know everyone's kind of watching us. So so it, it's something that I think, you know, the Hard Rock is great. It's a great stadium, and I'm not anti Hard Rock at all. People think that oh, if you support the the stadium that you're against Hard Rock, which is actually the contrary. I think what Steve Ross and, and these guys at Hard Rock have done is phenomenal. The F1 track, I went to it, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, they've done a great job remodeling that entire facility, but it's the Dolphins facility, right? It's not the Canes facility. And I spoke about this actually earlier with uh, Peter Ariz on another podcast, but 
you know, financially, how do we sustain the athletic program long term? So the university has put in a lot of resources, a lot of money and a lot of time into, you know, kind of getting Coach Cristobal, hiring Dan Radakovich, putting money into facilities that are going to start popping up now in the university. So there's a lot of, you know, sustainability issues that if you don't have monetary value coming in, you can't sustain this long term. And as Canes fans, I think that that's what we really need is what is going to sustain this program long, long term. And I don't think it's renting a stadium at Hard Rock. I mean, there's only so much money you can make from that. There's only so much revenue to go around. I know at a certain point they get capped off of what they can make. And that's kind of why you've seen this athletic program, you know, not be willing to spend the dollars that maybe they're spending now. So, you know, it, it, in my opinion, that's the biggest thing that, that, that kind of motivated this project is how do we bring the Canes back to national relevancy? And then how do you sustain that for the long term, right? So those are the two biggest things that I see. And if we want to be a powerhouse for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, then, you know, that's kind of the direction you have to go. And you got to bring in your own revenue and you got to be profitable, at least for football, right? So, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. It's not a knock on hard rock. It's that the Canes need their own home and they're, they're, they're the staple of this town. So they deserve it. Mitch, you got something there for, for Johnny? Yeah, just a, a question on the finances. So how would that work? I know when we were in the Orange Bowl, the city of Miami was the was the per, people taking their big cut off of off of the revenue and actually revenue increase going to Hard Rock because the Dolphins gave Miami gave the Hurricanes a better deal. Um, so how how would this work? Because you mentioned you have to work through this process with the city, and we're all Miamians. We know how the city of Miami works, so that's going to be fun for yeah, you. Yeah. But um, I guess in terms of like long term goal, what like what what is the the re- like? I'm assuming based on what, what you're talking about with the Dolphins kind of capping the revenue, so we definitely wouldn't want to cap on that. But um, do you, are you getting friendly? I guess overtures from the city in terms of making sure they because they're going to partially own this. They certainly own Tropical Park. There's going to have to be yep. some some money going to them, or do you think we can get a good deal out of them? Yeah, well, I think I think we can get a good deal because at the end of the day, it benefits the city in terms of creating new jobs, uh, economic development is going to go up. And then that area of town is, is, I mean, if you go to Tropical now and you go to those soccer fields, not the ones that are the mini ones with the turf, but I don't know if you guys have been there. Uh, there's some soccer fields there in the back, kind of by the lake. Yeah. Where, I, play every, at, I, mean, I play every Thursday band. night over there. I play every Thursday, yeah. Thursday night softball. Yeah, so, so yeah. I've played, I've played, um, I've played flag football there for a long time there at uh, Tropical Park. So I'm, I'm very familiar. I go there pretty much once a week. So I'm very familiar with the land. Uh, I just feel like it's somewhat underutilized. So there's a lot of parts that, that aren't necessary. Like those soccer fields back there, I feel like don't really get used that much. I think they're actually somewhat abandoned in a way. Um, so I think this project would kind of increase the usability of the park without destroying, you know, kind of what the park is used for now, which is a lot of high school stuff, a lot of community things. So that's kind of like why the design is why it like the way it is, is that we want to make sure that people can still use the park that, you know, they don't have to pay for it. It's free. Uh, this is kind of, you know, in terms of financing, it's, uh, you know, obviously UM would have to finance part of the stadium. I think that we would obviously jump in, as we've said, uh, and we would get other people to jump in as well. Uh, if you look at other stadiums, people are dying to jump into projects like that. So, again, this is not a one-year, two-year solution. So, yeah, maybe the first couple of years, UM doesn't make as much money as they would want to. 
from the project, but to sustain this program long term, that's the solution, right? So maybe you give up a little bit in the beginning to gain more in terms of longevity. So at the end of the day, this hard rock lease is going to end and we're going to have to renegotiate a contract with them. So what better way to do that than to have your own stadium, potentially at least, uh, as, as a bargaining chip, if, if you know, at, at worst case scenario. But I do think that this is the long-term solution for the Canes. I don't think there's really much better solution other than, you know, if maybe Miami Freedom Park wants to do something there and, and you know, we would absolutely love to join them uh, if it's a possibility. It's just they would obviously have to expand their capacity to 70,000 or 60,000 or whatever it may be. So that's that's another option also, which, uh, you know, we've obviously internally discussed, but we'll see kind of what happens with that. Yeah, it's hard. To, the soccer stadiums are so much are, are very different. People think yeah. just the, the needs are completely different. So we've actually seen a lot of light MLS teams. Just We need our own small stadium. We can't play in the NFL's day. It's too big. It, it ruins. So, yeah, definitely. Obviously, if that yeah, makes I think, sense, I think their stadium's but... 25,000 and yeah, so ours would yeah. be you know, obviously three times that. So, yeah. And then for, for the stop from the soccer side of things like that, that, playing in this big thing where you only have like the first few rows full is not great for them. So generally that's why it doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. That's a great point though, on that, that you made on terms of even just having it as a bargaining chip. Cause if you recall, I am sure obviously you do, but for people listen, we were still in the orange bowl when we got, that's why we got a sweet deal from the dolphins. They were trying to woo us out of our stadium. Yeah. So we had the option of staying. So they had to sweeten the deal, sweeten the deal to get us to move. So yeah, when this lease I mean, deal comes you, back you, up, if there's not another option, they kind of yeah, have us. Yeah, then. exactly. And and the thing is, obviously, I mean, it's a good deal for the Dolphins because they're making money off of it. So if it was that bad of a deal for for them and that good of a deal for us, then you know they probably wouldn't want to renew that contract. So then at that point, then where are we gonna go? So. Uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing is like, like, how do we sustain the, the athletic department long term? I know I've said it a lot of times, but that, that's really the, the crux of, of what this needs to be. Yeah, it's important to drive that, that message and that point home. I think that's the most important thing is, is, is sustainability. So we totally get it. Yeah. Um, before that we, and then the students. <clears throat> well, that's, that's true, right? Like it's, it's, it's easier for them to get there seven as, 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 uh, your old man said earlier, last yesterday, seven minutes away, right? Seven minutes away from yeah. from the stadium, so it's a lot easier to get there. Uh, before we move forward, er, er, Ernie says hello, man. He says hi. Um, I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen or talked to Ernie in so long. Tell him I say hi. <laughs> we'll do. He's he's doing well over at Westminster. So um, he's the head coach at Westminster Academy. So good for him. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ, do you have any questions for uh, Johnny Ruiz? Yeah, was there a specific goal in mind on how, you know, you wanted or the people involved wanted the stadium to look? Did you guys model it after anything or did you just kind of leave it up to the developers and they would get input? Uh, so so I helped the developers in terms of what I thought it should look like. Um, so putting it on the lake in the layout it, it was is, is kind of a combination between uh, me and, and the developers that we kind of thought would be really cool. Uh, so, so we did take some, some stuff from the Orange Bowl. Uh, we took some stuff from SoFi Stadium, from AT&T. Uh, we, we took some stuff from Baylor also. I don't know if you've seen Baylor's new stadium, but it's really cool. They have some cool features. Um, we, we took some stuff from the Milwaukee Bucks um, arena, uh, some concepts of fan engagement and stuff that they have there. 
So uh, there's a lot of stuff that actually is going to come out in the next couple of weeks uh, that you guys are going to see uh, in terms of renderings, right? So I, I said it before, that was only the first one. And I just wanted everyone to see kind of the look and feel more than like, you know, this seat is going to be specifically here or this palm tree is going to be there. You know, like those things can move with the click of a mouse, right? So it was more the look and feel that, that, that I was going for with that tweet and obviously showing everyone kind of what was going on. So... I just wanted to make that clear because some people are like, oh, the, the seats aren't close enough or, you know, the angle right. of the seats isn't right. You got to right. close Again, it off so, things, so, the, so the sound can stay the sound, in. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like all those things uh, were not really in the scope of that of that design. Again, as we progress, those things will change and there'll be more fine tuned and we'll get into more detail. That was these guys literally in three weeks. That's That's kind of what they what they came up with. So it wasn't a lot of time and they did a great job. And and we're actually going to do some really cool stuff like with, with, with uh, virtual drones, flying through the stadium, going inside, uh, showing the entire park. So we have a lot more coming out that you guys are going to really like. This was just, you know, a very basic sort of picture that, I, that I, I wanted to show it just so everyone sees the progress. Because again, this is a stadium for the people. This isn't uh, something that is only for us or only for UM. It's something that the community needs to embrace and enjoy. So that's why I wanted people to be at least involved in the process of seeing what's going on. And, and I do look at all the feedback that people give me, and I do try to input it as much as possible. Obviously, if it's something crazy that people are saying that doesn't make any sense, I'm not going to listen to it. But, you know, if people want seats closer to the stadium, that's obviously noted, and, and I'll make that adjustment as much as possible. Uh, obviously, within the realm of what we can do, if people really don't like a certain thing that's going on with the stadium, I can obviously adjust that and I'll do my best to do it. But I, I want people to engage with it. And, and, and that's why during this process, we've been so transparent with showing you, you know, this is step one, step two, step three. And, and we've listened and that's why we've used kind of Twitter as our platform so that people can engage with it and kind of share their opinions. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Um, I think I, I know one more question from me and then, uh, you know, if you guys want to, Kind of top it off. I, I know another question that a lot of people have, and look, you know, we're we're Miamians, right? We're born and raised here. We grew up. We under we know the the tropical park area. Uh, we know just the Miami area as a whole, that Westchester area, and so on. Uh, you know, a lot of people have question marks on you know parking and getting to the stadium, and they're they're thinking that it's going to be just too crazy, right? The traffic is going to be nuts, and I, I think people don't realize how nuts the traffic is everywhere in Miami. Number one. Um, and number yep. two, how many ways there is to get in to Tropical Park? It's not only the 826. It's not only Bird Road. It's Miller. It's you know some of the you know the the the, the other smaller little streets, 82nd Avenue. And I know I'm throwing these things out there for some of the some of the people that listen to us that don't live in Miami, but it, it's really not that hard or feasible for you to get 60,000 people, 50,000 fans. Yeah into a place like Tropical Park, right? Yeah, and, and you, you need to have a little bit of an imagination. I know people sometimes struggle with that, but it is possible. Um, I mean, it's a huge park that I think that there was a, a festival the other, uh, maybe a couple months ago that had 50,000 people and, and I didn't hear any rumblings or complaints about traffic or whatever. And again, they play on Saturdays, so the traffic shouldn't be as big of an issue. Uh, and then also... Uh, at, at some point, there's going to be some sort of ramp created uh, specifically for, for that getting in and out of there, or at least there should be, uh, kind of how they built now for 
for the Hard Rock Stadium where they have that, you know, overpass. I don't think you need an overpass. It's actually a lot easier to build some sort of passageway into the middle of the park to relieve the traffic than, than people think. So, uh, you know, it, it's there's already the setup. The, the beauty is the highway's right there. So you don't really have to build a huge extension to get off of there. Uh, so I, I think it's very feasible. It's, it's not something that's going to be super burdensome to do in terms of construction of a new street or a new passageway. Uh, it's actually relatively easy to do. It obviously is going to cost money to do it, but you know, if it if it makes sense, then people are going to want to vote for it and to do it. So, I, I don't think the traffic will will really be a huge concern. It's better than the Freedom Park traffic situation, and frankly, Hard Rock has gotten pretty bad with traffic, in my opinion. I mean, you're you're stuck in traffic there, no matter how you slice it. So, you know, living in Miami, you deal with traffic. I think Jazz, you nailed it. Uh, no matter where you go, no matter what time. There's going to be, you know, a certain level of traffic, and, and that's just something you got to be accustomed to. I will add something, though, that I don't think anyone's really mentioned or thought of is a lot of the traffic that's going to be going to the stadium will be students. Like, you're going to have a lot more students going, so they can walk. There's also going to be buses going from the university to the site, uh, which will relieve a lot of the traffic pressure that's going in and out. And right now what they do is they send the students from campus to Hard Rock. That's like almost an hour drive on buses. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have a seven you know, to 10 minute drive to Tropical Park from campus. So that's going to relieve a lot of pressure in terms of of uh, traffic. And then you're also going to have people that can park on campus if they really want to and take one of those same shuttles or buses to the stadium. It's only 10 minutes. So, uh, you know, you got to use your imagination with these projects a little bit. Uh, there's projects that really have serious parking issues. I, I don't think this is one of them. There's, you know, a ton of parking. We're going to have close to 16,000 parking spots, which is a lot uh, for a stadium of that size. So I, I really don't see that being a huge issue. Yeah, definitely. I Look, I think we're all excited about it. I think the rendering's got everybody going. Uh, we really can't wait to see what's next. Uh, what you know what um, you all come out with or uh, HKS did I say that right HKS right yeah HKS yeah. Um, architecture comes out with I think we're really excited about all of that uh, Johnny thank you so much for coming on the show man it's great to have you on you're always welcome you're part of the family now so whenever you want to come on and talk football talk baseball um, talk stadium whatever you want to talk about man as long as we talk about the canes man we're yeah. you know we uh we'd love to have you on man so yeah, jazz and i are always it. trying to wedge baseball into the show we're so always trying to talk baseball. Join, always man. definitely yeah. a great excuse for us to talk baseball. yeah I can, I can go with baseball for for a lot longer than i can with football or stadium talk i, bet. Sure. <laughs> I bet you can man. uh again thank you so much for coming on yeah and, thanks, uh, thanks for having me yeah we truly appreciate it. we'll hopefully we'll have you on soon again awesome all right have a good night you, you too bud That was awesome, and that was exciting. We got him uh, on last minute. So I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I used to coach Johnny in, in uh, where the snappers. He mentioned the snappers, Travel League Baseball, when he was right before he got into high school and his freshman year in high school as well. So um, kid was an absolute, you know, superstar at that point. He obviously played um, for a while with the Canes as well, and he was a, a really great, great baseball player for the Canes also. So um, we truly appreciate him coming on and talking a little bit about the stadium and, and some other stuff. Um, we go from one superstar uh, guest to another surprise superstar guest. Bring that cat on, man. Bring fam on. Bring fam on. 
Ain't no superstar here, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you with the light on over there, jealous in there. As hell with the, with the sun. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yep. What's up? What's up, Kessel Hawk? How you doing, man? Yeah, it's just another day at work, man. Uh, it's crazy. I finally got a hold of, of my boss today. Flo finally called me, bro. I, we, we were playing phone tag the last like three days. We finally got to talk. So times are know. crazy right now. Yeah, man. man. It's times busy. It's it real is. busy right now. So it, it definitely is, man. We just got off with uh, Johnny Ruiz. Um, made it, made it on last second surprise. I used to, I was telling these guys, I think I've told you, I used to coach, uh, little Johnny and, um, and, uh, in high, uh, in high school and, and travel ball. So little Johnny's um, not so little anymore. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely not. But uh, he was he was a stud then. He was a stud then. So, um, yeah, you were talking a little bit about the stadium, you know, kind of uh, gave us a little bit of a roundabout of what what the next process is and why they're doing it and how they're, you know, financials and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. But um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward. To, I would love to have a new stadium for the Kings, man. It'll, it'll, it'll be a lot closer to you too, Max. Yeah, real close. <laughs> I mean, it's closer to the airport you land in. So. Right, exactly. Close, depends, which, depends which airport I fly into. Oh, that's true. Flying oh, to you can't be cross-country into Lauderdale. <laughs> I think I actually am. I, you actually can. So. Yeah, I think you no, can. I, I'm pretty sure that's where I'm flying in. Uh, for the Florida State game. Oh man! Well, you're closer to this to that. Yeah, you're, you're, there, okay. So you're, you're okay. You're okay. Is you're it fine. actually? It's it's about in the middle, I think. Yeah. Of. yeah. Well, it's Hollywood. It's not that far. No, it's Hollywood. So. Yeah, Hollywood. I am flying into Fort Lauderdale. That's yeah. too funny. Hey man, so um, we wanted to. T- we're we're kind of gonna finish finish it off with a little bit of. I don't really want to talk about scrimmage because at this point we don't really know what the hell's going on in the scrimmage, right? Let's just be honest, right? Um. They shut that down real quick, and we we hear little bits here and there. Are you surprised by anything that you're hearing? Are you surprised by stuff that you're not hearing? Um, is it kind of like on on point with what we should be hearing? Uh, I mean, I, I guess the the correct answer is I'm not surprised with with anything I'm hearing because uh, it's Mario. So there are some guys that are doing really really good that have never haven't been mentioned once like the entire fall camp so far uh so I, i'm not really surprised about kind of what i'm hearing and what really what i'm not hearing um uh, i'm sure you knew know jazz like mario cut the whole media off this week i, I was i was gonna mention that i was like what do you think about that are you are, are you bothered by that because i know there's a lot of people i know on our chat on our chat are like oh well why do that why why keep it so secret I mean, because they're game reason, right? planning like Mario said that they were going to start game planning like a day or two into this week. And it just like, who knows? There could be somebody at media that's getting paid by another university to tell them what they see. Like, why should we care that the media is not allowed there? I know like your media, right? But you care more like most, a lot of media companies care more about their news than the team but like with you guys you care more about the team than you do your access so it doesn't really affect you because you just if you think it's better for the team if coach mario thinks it's better for the team then you don't care we're the same way like over with miami flow media like we don't care uh because we don't really call ourselves a media company even though like we kind of are now um but 
we just want what's best for the team. And if coach Mario thinks media not being in, uh, around is best for the team, then that's what we want. So um, I'm, I'm not shocked at kind of some of the things that I'm hearing. I think everything that's being said has a purpose um, and, and uh, you can kind of catch some things when, when these coaches are talking, you know, you know, you bring up a good point and, and I want to get vicious and DJ's take on this also, because you bring up a good point about not caring. And, and, and I, I don't care, but I, I really do care, and I'll tell you why. It's funny. It's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know flip it around for you. I care because when there's practice that's open to everybody, and everybody can sit there and talk about and debate about who's playing well, who's not, who's dropping passes, who's not, who's doing this and who's doing that. Then the fans, and quite frankly, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. The fans get crazy. They start to. You know, they start to to what's the word that I'm looking for? Conspiracy theories, right? They start all these theories mm-hmm. where, well, you know, then that that obviously means that you know, uh, and I'm just throwing out a name. Daz Worsham is actually going to be the starting X. So it's like, you know, they start to kind of think about all these crazy scenarios that could happen. Oh wait, hold on a second. Elijah Roberts got more snaps today than uh, Chance Williams, or Chance Williams is is was that left end? You know, starting he was starting with the one, and it's so people just start going crazy, and then you hear all these crazy, ridiculous things on Twitter, on social media, and it drives guys like us crazy sometimes because we and we kind of laugh at it, right? Because nobody knows what the hell's going on, really. Even if even if you're there at practice now. There's no, there's nobody at practice, nobody available to go in and, and be like, and, and kind of, you know, be this conspiracy, conspiracy theories about what's going on in practice or who dropped the ball 15 minutes into the practice. And, and I think it kind of quiets everything down. And, you know, there's still your fans that are just, you know, I get it. We're, they're diehards and we love them for that, but they're absolutely nuts. And they start to think of these things that just kind of blow my mind. I'm like, where did you come up with that? And you see a little bit less of that, and I kind of like it. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of a change of pace, and I'm pretty excited about it. Wait, so know. you're telling me that like the 15 minutes of practice that you watch, Jazz, you know everything that happened the entirety of the practice? Yeah, of course. Okay. And I'm gonna write, and I'm gonna write something about it, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you who should be at wide receiver instead of quarterback, also, because that's what I see out of. I didn't don't, say it, you did. Don't get me started on that. Uh, Real quick, I want to kind of go around the horn before we, excuse me, before we uh, finish this off because, uh, uh, you know, Johnny went a little bit long. But um, ten days away from uh, from from the first game of the season, I know it's Bethune Cookman, but uh, and obviously we'll have a nice we'll have a nice show next week. And we got the boss on next week, by the way, uh, Max. We got the boss on next week, so uh, we're pretty excited about having that him on next week. But um, he fit time into his schedule. To, I, I don't know. He figured it out for us. So much love he, to him, man. He must have I'm, paid somebody off to get that time. I don't ask questions. You know, I don't ask questions. I just uh, <laughs> we just get it done. But kind of what 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 you think we can expect these next ten days um, from a team perspective? Are we gonna you know Are we going to kind of finally know who who's gonna be on the depth chart? Who's gonna be your starting? You know whatever, starting cornerback alongside Tyreek. Is Tyreek going to be actually in the star instead more? And obviously, we've spoken about this. You've spoken about this on your show. Flo has as well. What can you kind of expect? And then I'll go around the horn with DJ and Vish as well for the next 10 days. Nothing, because we're not going to hear anything because it's closed to the media. Yes. I like no, that. Uh, <laughs> what, like as far as depth chart goes? Yes. About how to just speed through it? Yeah, do you think we'll get that? You think we'll get that kind of um, out in the open? Um, 
probably like the di- the morning of the first game, if if I had to guess. I mean, I have like in my head what I think the depth chart's gonna be, um, but again. I'm not at practice. So nope. give me so put it this way, since we don't have time for all for the whole entire team, give me the your potential starting five on the offensive line. Who do you think is gonna start on the offensive line? Campbell at left tackle, Rivers at left guard, Clark at center, Olawasan at right guard, and Scafe at right tackle. Oh, Scafe at right tackle. We're talking game one. That's that's yeah. what I think the game one lineup is. Unless you move Rivers to right tackle. Or Campbell to right tackle, and then it'd be Sagapolo at one of the other guard spots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vish, who's your starting defensive ends? I mean, starting defensive line. So your four defensive uh, line linemen. So start in the middle, which is Leonard Taylor for sure. All right. <clears throat> Better be. Um, <laughs> I think we still get Jafari Harvey on one side. Maybe I'm not sure exactly where they're going to put Lichtenstein, but I think he's going to start. Um, Probably at, at the other end, I think. Um, take take this guy's credentials. I'm just <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Vish. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> at least he didn't ask me about recruits. Himself, like I actually yeah. know the players on the team, so at least he didn't ask me about recruits. <laughs> and I think Harrison Hod will be the other tackle. All uh, right, so maybe look this. But, but I also echoing what Max says. The first uh, uh, oh, what what Max says. The first game, it doesn't. We're gonna yeah. all hand ring. They're gonna rotate the whole. Yeah, team they're gonna play the a lot. Cookman. And but honestly, the, the they don't know. Fans when... care about that crap. Right? I think I think they're subbing Danny in on that game too. Danny, <laughs> damn! Think? All right, I like that. I like little. I like little action. The Tune Cookman, love <laughs> yep. to see it. DJ, who do you think is uh, your starting three at wide receiver X, Y, and Z? Damn, I wanted there? that one. Ah, Smith, Ladson, and Restrepo. I don't know about Ladson, but I feel confident in Smith and Restrepo. For nice. sure. Is that is that what you're gonna go with? No. Ooh. Wait, I now I gotta ask you. Now you've intrigued me. I, I would swap Ladson and Redding. All right. Wow. Yeah, Ladson was my only like meh, not sure. Well, I think that that's the that's the surprise though, like if you really think about it, right? And a lot of people are not talking about him, but because he's been hurt. Those are things that are starting to come out. Uh from the people that really know what's going on is that Red Redding is really playing really well. And I love Redding his uh, his first year when he was here. Um, I thought he had a lot of potential, so I'm glad that he's healthy enough now to really get consideration to be in the starting lineup. So I like that. Um, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Romello a lot too. I think uh, Romello's going to, as long as he's healthy, he's going to take somebody's spot like midseason. Yeah. As long as he's healthy, and I mentioned this on the ch- on the chat the other day, I think Rashard Smith is going to play a lot in the backfield also, uh, because and not only because of the injuries, I just think he was going to anyways. So um, I like I like Rashard. I think he's. He's the most uh, uh, not unique, but he's uh, he's a Swiss Army knife, man. He can do so many things that I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. Um, I I'm going to go with and I'm going to go with the defensive backs. I think that's another intriguing one. There's so many so many things that we can kind of throw out there, but if without thinking that Stevenson, without thinking that Tyreek Stevenson is going to play a star, because I know we've mentioned that a lot, potentially the best star that we have on the team. I'm just going to say right off the bat, I'm going to go Brashard, um, Brashard. Tyreek Stevenson and Daryl Porter, and maybe to Corey Couch, right? Those are like my three cornerbacks, but I, I think Daryl Porter is definitely going to be one of the guys there. And on, on the line, I think a lot of people aren't talking enough about Antonio Moultrie because he, I think, 
as long as he's healthy, because I know he had he was a little nicked up early. As long as he's healthy, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time as well. He's going to get a lot of snaps because he's, he's versatile, just like Mesidor. I think those guys can go inside and out the outside a little bit. So I like I like uh, Moultrie to he was he was a stud at UAB. So I'm, I'm you know I'm not sure why people aren't talking enough about him, but. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's gonna be interesting to see now in the le- in the next ten days, just like <sighs> the college football's back, right? And, I'm, and I talked to this about Vish. Uh, I, I talked about this with Vish and Danny. Like, you know, Danny covers a little bit of Big Ten football, so he gets to see Nebraska and Northwestern this weekend. How excited are you about just football being back? Not even not, not even having to wait ten days for the K's, but th- in three days you're gonna get some college football. That's uh, me. That was that was for you, Max. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm just excited, bro. Like Saturdays on Zoom with the boys watching every other game that's not Miami. Like it, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, I, I just can't wait. Like I'm going to watch Duquesne play Florida State. I just don't care. It's football. Like football's back. Like yeah. I watch preseason NFL because it's football. Right. You know, it, it was actually funny on Saturday. I was with my uh, with my parents and my sister. And she was like, Max, what's your favorite sport, uh, you know, to watch now? And I said, football. I said, she was like, what about second? I said, well, college football and then the NFL. And she was like, um, <laughs> it's not baseball. Like, I always thought it was baseball because, you know, that, you know, jazz, that was a sport I played the most growing of course. up. Um, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's up there, but no, it's, it's third now. Like football, football, football is like, I mean we all do this 24 seven, right? So like Kane Idaho said, do I ever sleep? Uh, I'm like Mario, man. <laughs> I don't have time to sleep. I don't have time. Only two hours of sleep and 16 shots of Cuban cafecito. Yeah, I, I do all natural though. No caffeine. Wow. No natural, all caffeine. I like it. I like it. Max, thanks for, thanks for coming still on. Available if you guys want to buy it. Oh yeah. The t-shirts are still available. Um, Make sure you guys uh, check out um, all the Miami Flow uh, media shows. Is that good? Is that good to say Miami Flow media shows? That makes sense. Uh, sure. Yeah. What the hell? Flow right? Empire. Yeah, the Flow. You got you got the website. Check out, check out the new website, MiamiFlowMedia.com. That's that's where you're gonna. We just added uh, our guy Zach uh, as a writer yesterday. We've got uh, two more announcements. Uh, probably both of them coming this week. Awesome. Um, some some massive announcements coming this week. Wink, wink. Uh, so, uh, it's going to be, uh, pretty exciting. And I heard, I heard there's a really cool show on Sunday. Who's who, show, who has a show on Sundays? Someone's having a special show on Sunday. I was told the boss. I don't know. Somebody. All right. Well, tune in for that on MiamiFlowMedia.com. Max, Max Stout is on to, uh, whose show is it on Sunday? Is it flows? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, why are you, why are you throwing these curveballs at me, dude? Jesus. Uh, Flow show on Sunday. Maxed out. Well, average Kings fans on Monday. I know they're Wednesdays moving over. Now. I know they're moving over to the Wednesdays. I we know. got a big announcement as well. As a matter of fact, we got a big announcement as well. Uh, we'll put it out on Twitter. Uh, but we might as well throw it out there now as well. We are moving to Mondays. Oh, uh, I, was, I was hoping there was going to be some shifting. Yes, we are moving over to Monday nights as well. Danny, Danny, by the way, we're moving over to Mondays. I know. That we uh, no, we did announce it. We did announce it, and uh, Blue is not he's not here on the show today because he was doing some national uh, coverage. But um, yeah, we're moving over to Monday nights now. So make sure you guys tune in uh, on Monday nights. We're we'll be on on Monday nights. Maxed out on Tuesdays. Wednesdays is the average Kings fan. 
um, Cafecito and Canes on Thursdays. I think they do a Tuesday show. John does a Tuesday show also, Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cafecito and Canes. And we do it all back again the following week. And baby. Sebastian Lane on Thursday. And Sebastian Lane on th- that's right. And Sebastian Lane on Thursday. It's gonna we be got fun. You covered. We got you covered every single day of the week. Friday, Friday, as uh, as my as my brother JC says, we will rest. Uh, but he says that for Sundays. But anyways, um, I digress. This is this this uh, show is getting too long already. Max, thanks for coming on, brother. We appreciate it. Deuces. Thank you, Max. Yep. Have a good one, you guys. Let's see you, man. Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to one of our sponsors really quick um, before we go, because I know we got a show at 930 hitting the apex is coming on. But let's talk about uh, Manscaped really quick. Uh, Vish got to throw out one of our special sponsors and we'll we'll talk price picks as well. Um, fellas, fantasy football draft season is right around the corner. CD Lamb is good. But have you seen these beautiful balls? It's time to get your snake looking right. For this snake draft with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup with their performance package 4.0. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. Look at Pete Davidson there. Uh, using the, the, I don't know, I, I guess that's the 4.0. I ordered mine recently, so I can't wait to um, to tell you guys all about it, all about my experience with the Manscaped 4.0, baby. Um, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping, code 5RSN. It's time to put the PP back in PPR and get a grip on your pigskin this season with Manscaped. Real quick. Our second sponsor of the night is PricePix. PricePix.com, the official daily fantasy app of Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you're using the code FIVE, F-I-V-E, uh, for um, PricePix will match your initial deposit up to $100. Use the code FIVE when you sign up. You don't even have to spend it all at once. You can play the Super uh, NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA. You can do it on. You don't even have to... Um, uh, you don't have to spend all your money at once. You can mix mix and match your players as well. Uh, here's how it works. You pick two to five players. Then you play the over-under on individual categories for each player. It all depends on how much you want to win is how many players you pick to play. Make sure you sign up. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE, and they will match your initial deposit up to $100. Prizepicks.com. Guys, we got to get out of here. We've got uh, this, um, hitting the apex <laughs> starting in uh, negative two minutes. Uh, make sure you check us out right here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Hitting the Apex starts in two seconds. See you guys there. Go Canes. Adios.